Welcome to another edition of Inside the Economy. Thanks for joining me. I'm Larry Howes. In the economic updates and all the numbers, the uh, CPI, the Consumer Price Index, came in. Didn't quite hold where it was. It's dropped a little bit. We're at 2.2. Uh, like I've mentioned many times before, it's going to be hard to keep inflation up where the Fed would like it. But there again, there aren't any real drivers of inflation out there either, so it's not much of a worry. Uh, oil dropped down a little bit. We're back in the 60s. Uh, initial jobless claims are low again. Unemployment is still 3.7. And there's also been a little bond rally in the 10-year and the 30-year in anticipation that the Fed is getting close to stopping. Federal Reserve now and the Fed funds are at two and a quarter. They'll probably stop at three, sometime between now and eight months from now. The uh, spending in the household sector, which is very important in the U.S. economy, is starting to show signs of weakening, and that's exactly what the Federal Reserve wants. There are still some metropolitan areas that have home prices based on mortgages in the threes, but I couldn't find any mortgages out there less than five and a quarter. And the average monthly payment, according to Freddie Mac, is up nearly 20% just this year. That is going to have some impact. As the mortgage rates go up, which is the dark line in this graph, the affordability numbers come down, which is sort of the light blue line. It's clearly happening. We are in a buyer's market in the residential mortgage and the residential real estate side of things. And that's going to be that way for the next eight, perhaps on the outside, 12 months. So if you had a real high price and you're selling, that may not hold even in Denver because prices are coming down everywhere, led by Manhattan. Almost all the new buildings are not single-family homes like they have been traditionally. They are multifamilies. And rents in a lot of these marketplaces have already peaked and are on the way down. Denver's not quite there yet, but it's going to get there pretty soon. There's thousands of units about to come online, and it's going to have an impact. There again, if you're in a buyer's market to buy, you're in a renter's market to rent. The economy as a whole, and this is very indicative of certain aspects of the economy, in this case manufacturing, and especially mining, the bright brown number there is about mining, and that activity is based solely on the fact that there's a number of very unattractive tariffs on steel and aluminum on everybody. Europe, not so much. China, Canada, Mexico, a lot of our partners. Those imports are slowing, so mining is picking up here domestically. We'll just produce it here. That was basically the whole idea. Other parts of the economy are uh, not doing quite as well. In this case, the Kentucky jobless claims. It is an interesting barometer of how auto sales are trending in the U.S. Interestingly enough, Kentucky is the highest auto production per capita of any state in the country. And they're number three in total production. So when Kentucky is laying off people, it's indicative that the auto market is slowing. Now, the last couple of hurricanes have not had a big impact on auto sales like they have in the past, and that's not happening now. Auto sales are slowing. A lot of other areas, lumber, 
steel, oil futures, California manufactured deliveries, all of the stuff on this slide, they have slowed. This is exactly what the Federal Reserve wants. And this is right in line with what we've expected for over a year. The other side of the coin is the stock market. Now, stock sales by corporate insiders, meaning those people that working for companies like GE or Boeing, or a lot of places have been selling their stock to the tune of 10.3 billion in August and almost 6 billion in September. Those are decade highs, by the way. Those are individuals selling the stock they have in their company. And on the other side, those companies are on record numbers for their buybacks of their own stock. That's Boeing in this case. In these examples, AT&T, Lockheed, American Airlines, they're buying their own stock back. And that's at a pace that's gonna exceed what the record number was in 2017. That was a trillion dollars worth of S&P companies' corporate buybacks. So the individuals are selling their stock, the companies buying their own stock, that's fine. Now, if you wanna look on how efficient that money is, and I'm not making qualitative comparison here, here's a little chart that shows the percentage of funding of all the pension plans of these large companies. So you can have a choice when you're sitting at the board. You can buy some more of your own stock, maintain its price, sell it individually, or you can put money into the pension plan. So far, they're doing the former. What the Fed is trying to do, and this is important, is take GDP, gross domestic product, from where it is right now, which is about four, and take it down to two. A $20 trillion economy, which is what the United States is, can't grow at 4% without lots of inflation. And we don't have lots of inflation. We have a challenge to keep the 2% inflation we have. So the Fed is going to keep raising rates until the economy slows. And that's gonna be measured in many ways, but one of which is a GDP. GDP has gotta go from four to let's call it two. The number, by the way, is technically 1.7, but let's go with two. Everything that's happening and what's going to have an impact on the stock market is an effort to take that GDP number and cut it in half. We don't need a recession. We don't need huge 30% drops in the equity market in two days. We don't need any of that. We just need the economy to slow, and that would take the S&P, the way it's currently valued with the current earnings, it's 12% uh, it's overvalued. If earnings go up, stay up, maybe it's less. If they go down or flatten, it could be more than 12%. This isn't bad news. This is a textbook bear market. And I'm sure you've heard the adage, there's bull markets and people make money in bull markets, that's when they're positive. There's bear markets, people make money in bear markets. And we're in the beginning of a bear market. You just can't do anything or be afraid of it or be in denial. Here's the other side. There's a lot of people in this economy that have only been participating in an environment where interest rates have been going down. That's been happening since 1997. That was the end of the inflation cycle that lasted 25 years. 
Since 87, it's been coming all the way down to where it is today. And you'll notice the little squares there, the orange squares. Those are where we've had huge bond rallies. Interest rates go down. The value of fixed dim securities goes up. We have these great rallies. Well, when it goes the other way, which is what's happening right now, we're in an increasing interest rate environment. I don't think it's going to increase very much, but the value of fixed income securities goes down when rates are coming up. So when they're done, meaning the Federal Reserve, and like I've said, eight months, when they're at 3%, will be over with this interest rate cycle. We'll have a bond rally. Interest rates will come down. Yields will come down. It kind of starts all over again. That's simply what's going to happen. It's just going to be to a smaller degree than it has been in the past. Quick word on oil. There's been a remarkable surge in U.S. oil production. We've talked about that. As it turns out, it's just kept pace with the decline in production from Iran and Venezuela. China and India have increased their demand for oil. They need to, for now, until their economies slow a little more. Small increase in demand in the United States, not very big. A neutral or decline in demand for oil in Europe and Japan. Europe has made huge inroads on renewable energy, and Japan has simply cut back and also made some inroads. There's no inflation in the energy side of this market going forward. Now, finally, we'll just wrap up here with China. I know there's a lot of media and a lot of press out there talking about, gee, this tariff or this trade battle that's going on with China could end in some kind of disaster. Well, no, <laughs> unless possibly it's for China. This is the Shanghai stock market since January. It's down 30%. They had a good day today, almost. It reversed at the end. Things are slowing there, and the GDP of China has dropped below a very important number. It's needed to stay above 7%. We're at 4 in China. That number is 7 it needed to stay above 7% just to absorb and employ the people that are leaving the countryside and coming to the cities for jobs. They've dropped below that. They're headed to 6 That makes a lot of things more complex for what's going on in the Chinese economy. And right now, their most important customer, the United States, really aren't on the best of terms. Don't worry about the media going on with China. It's just going to be something that's going to take a long time to work itself out. The Federal Reserve is going to continue to raise rates. The S&P 500 and all of the equity markets in the U.S. are going to have to come down to accommodate because rates are going to go up. Now, it isn't bad news. We're in a bear market. It's going to go down. It doesn't have to drop 30% in two days. It just needs to come down. When that's over... When the Fed is through raising rates, we'll have a rally in the bond market. Not a huge one, but it'll be a substantive rally. And probably have another rally in the stock market. So don't worry about it. And if you see changes in your portfolio, it's basically under the assumption, yes, we're in a bear market. Okay, well, thanks for joining me. And if you have any questions, send them along to info at shwj.com. And I'm happy to deal with them. Thank you.